Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode. My name is Ryan Johnson, uh, and uh, today I bring back the stack team. Uh, we got here Pfizer Johnson. Uh, we got Jason Parr, CEO. We got uh, Paul Johnson, Director of Operations, and uh, Danny Wright, our Director of uh, Sales and Marketing. Uh, thank you guys. I'm always grateful to uh, have you guys on with me. Uh, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. Glad to be here. We're, we're glad to be on with our robot friend in the uh, hills of Idaho. Yeah. Well, Ryan, you may be I'll... able to you may be able to pass as one of the ghosts of Christmas past in that chair. It's kind of really remind me of, you know, the okay. jolly one. Yeah, I'm telling a story. Okay. <laughs> this is yes. my new... Grandpa my new... Ryan, you got to work on that uh, Internet connection. I got my <laughs> storyteller. Uh, cardigan slash robot. Uh, comfortable. So, uh, in the spirit of telling stories, um, I know you guys are constantly on uh, what's next calls throughout the week. And I know every podcast we talk about, you know, we want to talk to everybody on a what's next call, no matter what you're going through. Um, so, I thought you guys would be able to kind of cover today, you know, what are, you know, what are some of the hassles you guys see that people are having kind of in the sales tax arena. Yeah, I, I would love to speak to that. Um, I, I would say that if you've been on one of our what's next calls, you likely um, have had a chance to, to meet Danny. Hopefully you've had that chance. He's uh, fantastic. Um, sometimes I'm on those calls. Sometimes Paul, um, th there's a lot of unique opportunities we get to uh, talk with people, but I'll just tell you this. Um, I think you guys talked about, uh, getting registered for sales and use tax purposes. And I don't, I don't want to weigh everybody down with Wayfair. Um, we've talked so much about that, but it's had consequences that, you know, maybe people saw or didn't see uh, coming down the pike. But the fact is that um, more and more companies have to get registered for sales and use tax because of economic nexus. They have customers in multiple States and, and um, they exceed the thresholds. And so in that situation, what we really see are two things uh, for companies today. Once they identify where they have nexus and determine what uh, registrations they need to do and get registered, they have to do a couple of things. Number one, they have to collect tax on their taxable sales. So one, they have to determine what sales are taxable. Two, they've got to collect the right jurisdictions tax at the right rate. So, um, that's one, what I call an administrative hurdle that all companies face. And there's in-house solutions that you can come up with. There's automated solutions. But the fact is you've got to deal with that. So you've got to deal with collecting the, the right amount of tax on the right purchases. You can't really be in a position of over-collecting or under-collecting. Um, you really have to be able to get that right. But what you would not necessarily think is uh, an administrative hassle or a hurdle is the remittance of that tax. But um, this is what we see a lot. It's, is, there's actually um, some very specific processes that you have to follow to remit the tax. Not only do you have to collect it correctly, but you have to remit it uh, to the taxing jurisdiction in the right way um, by the dates that they specify to comply with the law. Or you could be subject to 
uh, late penalties or uh, interest on tax dollars you've collected and that you're struggling to get remitted to the state. So it's got to be on the right form. It's got to be in the right way um, at the right time. And Paul probably could speak to this the most. You know, Paul is our VP of operations. Um, before he was named our, our VP, um, he uh, oversaw the whole sales tax return service processes for the last several years. Um, and he works closely with our new director of sales tax return services. Um, but Paul, maybe you could speak to just a, a, a couple of the things that we see or that we face. Yeah, most, <clears throat> most recently, actually, um, one of the hotter topics has been Indiana as they've transitioned to this new online platform. Uh, you know, Intax is what the current online system is, but their new online platform or online system is in time. And so they're allowing taxpayers, currently registered taxpayers, to transition over the next uh, three months. And so Intax will be available through the end of February, uh, from what I last read, but everybody's got to be registered with InTime. And so it's a new platform, it's a new system, it's a new way of filing returns, new formats. Um, if, you're, if you're using automation, <clears throat> you know, some of the automation software companies out there, they're not compatible with the new system. So if you transition too early, then, you know, your automated uh, return filing probably is not going to be supported. Um, and so it's just uh, uh, new adjustments, new changes. I mean, we saw this a bit ago, several months ago with Colorado, as they required all um, online sellers or remote sellers, um, all businesses to um, set up these non-physical locations inside Colorado to report the sales to specific jurisdictions where they're reported. Um, they didn't take the place of local return filing. Uh, just, you know, Colorado wanted a new system or they thought that this was going to be more efficient, um, but instead it, it, it complicated things as a taxpayer. And it complicated things for us too and a lot of third-party filers as it required a lot of legwork to update and to fix and to make um, templates and things to kind of make it more efficient um, just makes things more and more complicated. And more so let me, ask, more so let me ask you this question. Um, some states, right? So a lot of states are moving to electronic filing and remittance yeah. of the tax, mm -hmm. right? So when you have an electronic filing, um, you have to put the return in an electronic format that's required by the state to be able to upload it and for the state to accept it. Right. Yeah. That can cause some significant hassles uh, in and of itself. And, you know, when I think of Indiana's situation, not only is it sometimes an electronic filing or remittance, um, but it might be um, the very system where your login credentials are. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a state will change, uh, the, the system that you actually connect to. And so you have to mm -hmm. register for that. And as you're saying, if, if, if you uh, employ the new system too soon, mm -hmm. then your return in the old format may not mm -hmm. file. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do it too late, then obviously it won't file on the new system and you can't file on the old system. So you have to be aware of this for each state. So I, mm -hmm. the question that I wanted to ask you is, would you say that states in their effort um, to change their system or update their systems to obtain the remittances faster and the money faster, um, increase the complexities on the taxpayer or decrease the complexities on the taxpayer? As most things with sales tax, yes uh, <laughs> and no. <laughs> 
some states absolutely it helped uh, streamline and efficient size efficient size I'm not sure that's a word make things more efficiency more efficient well you can systematize something <laughs> you can systematize so maybe you, and you can, can you can efficient efficient well. size anyway <laughs> We saw states like Louisiana for remote sellers and states like Texas, you know, kind of simplify things and, and make it easier for collection, but not also for remittance when it comes time to remit that tax. Um, and then we saw states like Colorado and <clears throat> that made things more complicated for yeah, taxpayers. Really Those are really a real headache. Uh, Missouri is another one of my least favorite states to file online because of their <laughs> not your least favorite system. state, just one of your least favorite states to file in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my gotcha. least favorite online platforms to file returns is like, can you just tap on to Alabama system or to, you know, Texas system? Maybe use similar software or something. Yeah. It's well, that's the other for- thing I guess I would mention is that it's not like all the states have some universal system right. that they use. Every state likely has a different system. Yeah. So you might now, currently, uh, those who are listening, you might use an automated solution provider. And they, they may hit this correctly, may not, right? And so you can run into some hiccups or some hurdles. If you're doing it in-house, it's really, uh, can be really frustrating. And there's really a lot of complexities to it because you, you've got to try to adapt your in-house system, whatever you're using uh, to manage and, and upload. Um, speaking of Missouri and, and yeah. some other states, just flat out, even without all of the complexities from automation and efficiencies, that have been built in, not for the taxpayer, but for the state mm-hmm. um, from a compliance standpoint. It, there's also states where you have to file multiple forms and multiple tax types based mm-hmm. on how you sell in that state. And so mm-hmm. um, that's an added hassle. If you have to file three returns to get all of the taxes that you remitted or collected, it's just um, such a frustration. But mm-hmm. that frustration literally can be taken off your plate. Um, you know, what we consistently say, just as Ryan said at the beginning of, of uh, this podcast, no matter who you are, if you're a CPA, we want to talk to you. If you're a member of accounting firm, we want to talk to you. Uh, if you're a bookkeeper, we want to talk to you. If you're a seller, a taxpayer, we want to talk to you. The reason we want to talk to you and the reason we call it a what's next call is because that's the question that we get the most from everybody here's my situation. I'm not exactly sure what to do next. And so these what's next calls are free and they're meant for you to share what your situation is. Tell us a little bit about your business. You learn a little bit about us. And then we offer you some recommendations or solutions on how to manage whatever your situation or issue is. Um, And that allows people to leave the call with some confidence and especially some peace of mind as it relates to their situation. So um, we would encourage uh, everyone to sign up for what's next call and let's chat and um, we can walk through and talk through your situation and rest assured you'll have some confidence when you leave that call. So um, Paul, anything else you wanted to share about the hassle of sales tax returns? I mean, I don't want to make it sound you know, <laughs> dark and despairing. Um, there's answers. That's really what I want people to know um, to shed some light on the whole thing. Um, even though it can be complex to comply, yeah, say that right, um, <laughs> there's answers, and um, we can provide you with those. So we'd love if to you're listening and you currently are filing returns yourself or you, you and your team are filing returns, are probably preaching to the choir. I mean, you know exactly what we're talking about, but if you're 
if you're not in the in the return filing world, you have no clue. And so just as a heads up, it's not as simple as just going online and submitting a couple of buttons and being done. I mean, every state is different and it's get, it, it gets complicated, uh, especially for, you know, um, additional tax types, different tax codes, like, like you mentioned, PAR. And so um, don't, don't think that it's just something simple and easy enough that uh, anybody can do because as we've seen in nearly 30 years, we've been doing this. It's, is complex and it uh, requires some specific attention, state by state, jurisdiction by jurisdiction. So, sometimes one of the things just... this oh, emphasizes sorry, too is uh, e even if you're using some type of automation tool, um, you know, one, one of these solutions, there, as people know generally at this point, right, with technology, with software, it's not a set it and forget it. Uh, and and I bring that up. I had a, excuse me. I had a call specifically this week with a business that's doing uh, significant revenue. It's an e-commerce business, and you know they've they've set things up and have it running, and and returns are being filed um, automatically. And we did a quick audit of of uh, you know their their dashboard. You could say their account and they're paying nearly $2,000 a month out of pocket in tax. And be, because there's some issue in there, um, we didn't necessarily you know, get super deep into the issue and determine exactly what it was. But the bottom line is they looked at it and said, okay, this is, you know, I'm hemorrhaging dollars right right now. And, and this is really something that needs to be addressed. And of course they were upset, but thankful that, you know, they are addressing it now. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, we look at software oftentimes and say automatically, okay, this is going to be more cost efficient than hiring a professional, right, to handle this for me. And uh, the fact of the matter is they're paying more out of pocket than they would be if, if they had even a combination of, you know, software and a solution and, you know, we're outsourcing it to a, a professional services firm. So pay, pay attention to it, right? I mean, review it periodically and, you know, the combination of, of course, states changing their systems, but also issues, you know, even if there's not a glitch, right, there can just be aspects of the way that solution functions that really doesn't line up with your business and exact, you know, everything that's going on month to month. And, you know, of course, little issues can uh, turn into big dollars uh, when it's compounded, you know, with significant revenue. Yeah, that's well said. It really is. Whether you're doing it in-house or you have an automated process or you outsource it uh, to another professional group, you should, you should have an eyeball on it. And uh, sometimes really what people want is just to run it past somebody and just have the confidence of that collaboration. Like, you know, sometimes we end a what's next call and essentially we've just given it a nod, right? You're, you're right on the situation. And sometimes that's all people want. They just want to know, you know, am I looking at this right? You know, is this the way it's supposed to be? So all right, I think that's a pretty good roundtable on, uh, yeah. you know, just some of the things we hear about and, and we see it both in a what's next call and from our own experience in uh, preparing and filing returns for our for our clients. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, this was a really good discussion to kind of exemplify how versatile our what's next calls can be. Um, so no matter, you know, what your question is, how big you are, how complex you think, uh, you know, your system may be. 
um, we're ready to chat about it and uh, we can give you the peace of mind you need. All right, guys, thank you so much for being on with us today and uh, we hope to see you guys in another one. All right, take care.